0: Welcome everybody (laughs) to episode 71 of Eat, Drink, Write at Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty. (laughs) We are going to be talking about writing dream sequences, which uh, one of our listeners and patrons, Deanna, has requested that we do. I think she also wants prophecies, but we'll do that in a separate episode.
1: Yeah, I figured that'd be a whole other. A whole, yeah,
0: yeah. But before we get started, how was your week?
1: Um, it was pretty good. Those of you who can see the video, I'm obviously back in my usual room and wearing headphones and doing the zoom thing. So done traveling. And that took up most of the week, I think was the the traveling and yeah, I've gotten back to work. So I've got to I was trying to think of the metaphor and I can't think of it now. But basically, there's a fire under my butt. So I got to get moving (laughs) on. uh, Oh, no, my brain is not working today. Uh, on experiments and science and all that jazz. So I've got a, I'm going to try to write a paper by June 10th and we'll see how that goes. So.
0: Wow. That's like right around the corner. It's short. Oh, it'll wait. be like yeah. a. Today's May 10th. So uh-huh, uh-huh. One month. yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, but it's going to be a short one. So it shouldn't be, um, too
0: bad. Uh, it'll be like four to seven page paper. So. Okay. Not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm back home as well. It was wonderful being able to, um, zoom together. It was, episode. yeah. Um, but I'm back home as well, jumped right back into work. I'm doing court, so I'm very tired today. Yeah. Um, this will be posted tonight by midnight. Yeah. So I am tired. Anyway, uh, yes. what, are you, what are you eating and drinking?
1: I'm drinking Boss tea, uh, oh. so typical red tea. Uh, and I meant to put honey in it. And my habit in the morning is to put some sugar in my black tea. So I accidentally put sugar instead of honey in it, but it's not bad. It's fine. It's still sweet. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I'm not eating anything for the podcast because right after this, I'm going to cook dinner for me and my girlfriend and then we're going to work out together. So,
0: oh, nice. Yeah, That's so nice.
1: we'll be making uh, salmon and broccoli.
0: Wow. Fancy schmancy.
1: I know. Well, so I got it for this past weekend and I was going to make a nice dinner for this past weekend and have like wine and salmon and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, we both decided, in a drunken haze, that pizza sounded better.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, drunken hazes and pizza go very well together.
1: Yes, so now we're having the salmon for tonight.
0: Okay. Also, oh. my my
1: cat is visiting. cat is visiting. Yes.
0: He <laughs> oh, he's so sweet,
1: and he's stepping on everything. Wow. <laughs>
0: For those of you all who can't see, he just walked right in front of the camera and all we saw was cat fur just for a minute there.
1: Yeah. And all over my keyboard, it was good.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I am drinking my wine. I was too tired to make anything fancy and I do love this wine and your dad stocked up on it for me because he knew this week was going to be a rough week Yeah. and I'm not eating anything yet. It is, we just got done with court a little bit ago and he is going to order Chinese, so... We're trying to pick keto-friendly-ish Chinese. Nice. Very nice. So that'll be good. That sounds delicious. I have jokes.
1: Oh, yes. Let's, yeah.
0: And they're (laughs) all related to dreams in some way or another. Some of them just have the word dream in it, but. Okay. Okay. First one. People keep telling me to chase my dreams. Why would I want to run towards a math test that I didn't study for while I'm naked?
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: My fortune cookie said my dreams would become reality. Great. So I'll be in my underwear at school late for a class. I can't find. And my teeth will fall out. Thanks oh, fortune cookie.
1: That's hideous. <laughs> have you ever had dreams? Absolutely. Teeth my yeah. teeth
0: fall out a lot. I have that dream a lot. And the naked thing I've only had a couple times. And a lot of people have dreams about flying and falling. I don't have those dreams.
1: I've had the falling ones. They're pretty scary. Um, Flying has been fun. I have had flying ones. Uh, Whenever my teeth come out, it's usually something like, oh, I got elbowed in the face by someone's and then all my teeth fall out. And so I wake up and I'm like, oh my God,
0: like, all right, do I still have my teeth? No, mine just, oh, it feels loose and and it comes out in my hand. And I mean, it's a nightmare. It's horrible. Man. And then one more. Okay. A wife sent a romantic text to her husband one day. It read if you are sleeping, send me your dreams. If you are laughing, send me your smile. If you are eating, send me a bite. If you are drinking, send me a sip. If you are crying, send me your tears. I love you. The husband replied, I am on the toilet. Please advise. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I thought that one was funny. It just had the word dream in it. It's not about dreams, but
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Anyway, so everybody <laughs> dreams. So writing dreams ought to be super easy, right? Yeah. yeah not not so much though. Not so, so much. Tell us what what is a dream sequence?
1: Yeah. So it's a it's a technique used in in storytelling, particularly. I see it more often in like television and film rather than in novels, but I have seen it in novels before. Um, to set apart like a brief interlude from the main story. So you're trying to get across like something else within your story that is relevant, but not quite part of the main main story.
0: Yeah, I think it is a lot easier to do a dream sequence in a television or film because it's visual and it's yeah. a lot easier to describe to see surrealistic things than it is to work them with our words. Yeah. But that's why we're authors is to try to put those pictures into words. But yeah, I do see them more often in TV shows or or movies.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, These dream sequences may consist of flashbacks, flash Mm -hmm. forwards, um, you know, a fantasy, a vision, a dream, you know, some other element, you something similar to like a vision, you know, something that is outside of the main um, headspace of your character. It could
0: even be a a waking vision. Like, you know, I'm trying to think of what like these comedies where the male character sees the woman walking towards him and her hair, it's slow motion and her hair is flowing back. Her boobs are bouncing and, you know, just coming towards that kind of thing can, can be in books too. It could be anything from a depth dream to that. Just like a daydream, a daydream. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So basically it's exactly like what you think. It's a scene that takes place within a dream or a vision or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think today we'll focus on how to write those dream mm-hmm. sequences and how to write good ones really. Mm-hmm. Um, so why use dreams in your novel at all? So I got a lot of this information from um, tckpublishing.com, uh written by Tom Corson Knowles. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and I got some really good information from him. He had a lot of uh, in-depth um, insight into writing dreams. Okay. So dreams can help your characters make a realization. So the brain works while it sleeps. I feel like, you know, we've always heard like, well, while you're sleeping, like it's working on issues in your everyday life. Mm -hmm. Um, So this would be the same for your characters. They're people too. So Mm -hmm. perhaps a, a dream would help them Put the pieces of a puzzle that they're working on together.
0: Yeah, a, a lot of times our characters are too involved in the fast and furious of what's going on right now yeah. that they can't see the little pieces of information. What is the saying? The they can't see the forest for the trees, or the trees for oh, the forest, or whatever that something is. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and dreams can be one way to help that information that they saw in passing come to the forefront, and they're like, oh. Um, also in urban fantasy and fantasy novels, you're not talking about just normal drama of, you know, I'm in court today. You're talking about they're fighting demons and beasts and all of that. So a dream may be the only time that they have to process what they've seen throughout the day. You know, that that beast had a red scale on its underbelly or was missing a scale like in the Hobbit, um, you know, that kind of thing, it might be something that they saw, but didn't have time to take into account. And you can use symbolism for the, the processing of that information to make it not so easy for your character too. Cause we like to throw those rocks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And not to make it easy for your reader also. That
0: too, that too. That's fun stuff there too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It can reveal your, so a a dream can reveal your character's drew. Oh my
0: goodness. (laughs)
1: There's no alcohol in this. Maybe I there should say, be. I,
0: I think you need some alcohol. in. <laughs> yeah. That. I'm feeling uh, better by the minute. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: see, I'm going to work out later and I don't know that alcohol oh. goes with that. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, it can reveal your character's true desires. So like one that they don't, ones that they don't even consciously realize that they have, they might have this dream that they're like, oh, it turns out I do want to go to the mm-hmm. market with my mom, even mm-hmm. though I said I didn't, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, It can help things click into place. So back to that kind of like puzzle ideas. So it helps Mm -hmm. uh, these all these little moving parts just click into place for your characters and spur the plot
0: forward potentially in a new direction. I mean, that happens to us in real life, too. Yeah, I don't know how many times I have gone to bed thinking about a problem and have awakened with the solution. It just it worked itself out overnight that yeah. happens. Um, and uh, the epiphany that I get for the ending of my books often comes that way. Right. I just, I go to sleep thinking about how am I going to end this? How am I going to tie these things all together and make it work? And I wake up and I'm like, ha um, But, you know, so ask yourself as you're preparing to write this dream sequence, what is it that your character is going to be realizing about themselves or about the situation, the events of the day? Because you as the writer have got to know, you know, dream sequences aren't put in just because they're cool and they can be, you know, anti-gravity. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. no. So you as as the writer, think about what is it that you're trying to get across with this dream sequence? What is your character realizing about the situation themselves, other characters, the bad guy, whatever?
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think you should probably always ask yourself why about mm-hmm. anything that you're writing. Agree. Um and I mean I guess that you know, and again, rules are meant to be broken and yada yada yada. So take it all with a grain of salt. But I love asking myself why. Like, why am I doing this? Oh, this sounds great. Okay, this is a good idea. Uh mm-hmm. kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um a dream can showcase your character's inner conflict. So as much as it can help A character figure out an external conflict like a puzzle Mm -hmm. um it can also give them some insight about what they're feeling as well as your reader um so you know if there is like an impossible choice that they have to make you know a dream would be a great reason uh to kind of bring it to light a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, So the dream could provide some imagery or give a face to the conflict that your character is feeling, especially if it's a decision that's more abstract, like a choice between good and evil, Mm -hmm. um, which isn't always a very clear thing. A lot of the time things are very gray. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a dream would be a really good way to have your character be like, oh, you know, I'm very conflicted about this. I have these different paths ahead of me. um, Or even
0: show what their unconscious or subconscious mind thinks is the evil that they, you know, that they might not have in while they're awake, they might not consider because it might not be true evil versus good, but in your subconscious, one is more as bad or is more bad is worse, worse. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I knew. Yeah. mm, Yep. Yep. I'm a writer boy. Uh (laughs) Our listeners are going to be going, yeah, I do not want to read her (laughs) book. Anyway, I was trying to make a point, but just, I don't know what you were saying. (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all.
1: No. Um, uh, Well, essentially what I was trying to get across is that a a dream is a really good way to put imagery and uh, visual words to something that is more abstract. Hmm. Um, I don't know what you were trying to say.
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sure it'll come back to me if it's important.
1: Yeah, yeah it can help your readers visualize your character's pain and the rules are easily bent within dreams so you can you know create an imagery that'll stick out and resonate with your readers like you know the fire was 50 feet tall you know that's not going to be something that your character is going to easily you know come into contact with but in their dreams something like that could happen mm-hmm. Um, And so it can show us like, oh, that fire is terrifying. We can get across that fear and the burning heat and the yada, 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 and all Mm -hmm. these feelings that they have um, about their inner conflict. Yeah, that's
0: a good point. I I think part of what I was trying to say was that dreams are really great points to use uh, symbolism. Yeah. yeah. So that light versus dark, good versus evil, even friends versus family. Think of the symbols that might be identified with, with each of those things to your character. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the light versus dark or the good versus evil, they might not think of the next door neighbor as evil, but that might be portrayed as evil in their dream so that maybe they will have a realization about their inner conflict later going, Oh, that's, that's the bad side. Right. Um, Yeah. And also when talking about the inner conflict that you were talking about, a dream is a great way to insert some backstory.
1: Oh, that's a really good point.
0: Yeah. So like a recurring nightmare.
1: Ah, you can, yeah. You can
0: get across, you know, this guy is having dreams about snakes. Something happened to this guy with snakes. And then, you know, it'll be slowly revealed through... Either dreams or, you know, that's just dreams can be used to get that kind of thing across. Just don't be lazy with it. Don't be going, you know, I got to get this out. Dream's the easiest way to do it. Right, Um, right. But a recurring nightmare might show how traumatic something in the character's past was. It might give more clue to their personality. Um, You know, I've seen this in TV shows a lot where there's dreams and you know, That that whatever this dream is, you can't place why it's important to the show, but it eventually comes out. Ties in. Yeah, you know that there's something going on with that.
1: Right, right. So, yeah,
0: you can use it to um, talk about, you can slip in some backstory, I think, in dream sequences. Your cat must be.
1: He's doing something. It's like he's caught something, like a bug or something. But one time that happened and it was a mouse, so I'm a little paranoid.
0: A mouse in your
1: apartment? I told you about it. It was months ago. I months don't and months. Remember and months. that it I was blocked
0: it. I blocked it from my mind. <laughs> it was. A, it was a long
1: time ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, but dreams can also foreshadow events that come. So this is. You know, you could use this as a type of literal foreshadowing, where it's a prophetic dream, mm-hmm. and you know, so your character would catch a, a glimpse of the future and things to come in one of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you should probably be careful with that. You know, if your character can predict what's going to happen, then it kind of takes away the tension from. Mm-hmm. the story. Cause then, you know, what's going to happen. The reader knows. And it's like, well, if I already know, then what's the point of reading it anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so just be kind of careful about how you do it. I think, like you said, I think using symbolism to kind of make it obscure and vague mm-hmm. would be a really good way to go about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also maybe don't make it too specific. I think just be uh, uh, just, um, yeah, just vague, vague mm-hmm. with it.
0: Yeah. I I think you're right. The foreshadowing dreams and prophecy dreams are a little bit tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the ones that are 100% true, but they don't mean what we think they mean. Right. So you can lead your reader to draw the wrong conclusion by using these dream sequences and, you know, have red herrings within. You know, they might quote, realize something Yeah. That isn't necessarily what that prophecy means.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Um, You know, they can be absolutely true, just not the way that they think. And that to me is a better way to do. I don't, you know, we don't want to make it too easy for the characters. We don't want them to get it right. Right. Um, So yeah, just be aware of how you do that when you write. And then back to the foreshadowing part, um, not necessarily the prophecy part, but I feel like nightmares are a great way, uh, a great way, a <laughs> great way to uh, foreshadow things, especially scary things to come, because nightmares, we all have nightmares as well. Dreams are great and sometimes confusing, and sometimes you're like, "What the heck was that?" But nightmares right. we've all woken up from a nightmare in a cold sweat, you know, our heart pounding and that kind of thing. Absolutely. And those nightmares can be used to foreshadow things to come.
1: Definitely yeah um dreams can also be used for greater communication so like when i was reading about this i thought it sounded very strange i was like what does that mean like dreams can be for communication is it communicating to the reader is it communicating between characters and like that kind of stuff um and so reading about it was really cool this can be in the literal sense so like usually in fantasy where two characters share a dream state and are able to have conversations within that dream Mm -hmm. um which I'm pretty sure I've read things about it. I've definitely seen shows about it. Fringe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Not that uh, that, that I, was a dream where they conventionally went to sleep and shared a dream, but there was uh, like LSD and stuff yeah. involved and, and intentional connection between uh, like a dead body or, and, and her, brain, you know, I don't remember, but yeah. Yeah. urban fantasy and sci-fi and that kind of thing it it definitely can be used
1: yeah absolutely and this would like let characters communicate over distances without using technologies like phones or emails or whatever Mm -hmm. um or dreams can allow one character to say something to another character that they could never say in person uh but it could create a moment of catharsis so i think that this kind of calls back to the realization dreams you know if they're like well you know, I don't want to be with you anymore, like in a relationship thing or whatever. And it's like uh, something that they could never say out loud for whatever circumstances.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but they could say it in a dream. And then they're like, oh, wait, I actually don't want to be with this person or something like that.
0: Yeah. I, in urban fantasy that you and I write, dreams take on a whole different meaning or they can. I have entire ideas for books about dream walking um, where it's either a rare magic that's not common or it's a super common thing that everybody can do. I mean, just think about, you know, if everybody can dream walk into everybody else's dreams, you have no privacy anywhere. Think about what that would mean. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of cool. Do you, did you ever see the movie dreamscape? A long time ago. It's a very, very old movie. It's got Dennis Quaid in it when he was young and, um, I mean, he was like the love interest in that. That tells you how long ago that was. Yeah. Uh, oh, no offense to Dennis. Qu- I'm sure you're still a love interest. Oh, wow. maybe I'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that didn't come across the way I meant it too. I, I, you're still hot, Dennis. Um, that, I don't think that was better, but okay.
1: <laughs> continue, continue.
0: Um, but that movie was fantastic. It was about dreams because the movie was about um sleep disorders and that kind mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. and so dreams were manipulated this the scientist had found a way to input people into other people's dreams to like one instance in the movie was where Dennis Quaid's character was able to go in and help a little boy who had was having recurring nightmares and couldn't sleep and he helped him fight the monster in his dreams which helped the little boy Right, right. And it was very cool how dreams are manipulated in that movie. So it's actually a movie if you are working with dreams, you might want to go watch that movie to see how the dreams are done.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Because we got into the president of the United States dreams, we got into like that little boy's dreams, we got into a psychopath's dream. So excellent movie to study I think in how to portray Dream sequences.
1: Yeah. And I think that's always going to be one of my biggest tips is to study what's Mm -hmm. already been done. And, you know, if it was done well, then like, what did you like about it? Like, Mm -hmm. if you really enjoyed a dream sequence, then like, why? Why did you enjoy it? Mm -hmm. Um, If you particularly hated one, like, why? Why did you hate it?
0: Uh, And I, these are things that you need to make note of in your little handy dandy notebook mm -hmm. because that is something that you might forget that you liked or didn't like. And going back through your notebook is going to spark ideas and, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So all in all, you know, when you add a dream to your novel, ask yourself, why am I including this dream sequence? What is the purpose? Does Mm -hmm. it need to be here? Is it Mm -hmm. necessary to my story? And then you can move on to actually writing it. How to do it. Yeah. So how can I go about writing a dream sequence? Don't forget that you're writing a scene. I think this is probably arguably the most important point. This this is
0: definitely your brilliant moment of this podcast. I I think that is the most, another word for brilliant. Yes, I am a writer. I, you know, use, I use thesaurus all the time. So (laughs) don't always come up with these wonderful words off the top of my head, but this point is the most important point of writing dream sequences, I believe.
1: Yeah, I would agree. You know, a dream is still a scene within your novel. So I think mm-hmm. treat it as you would any other scene that you're writing. Um, so it's going to need a beginning, a middle and an end. It needs to have a story. Mm-hmm. Um, your readers need to be able to follow what's happening, even if dreams aren't always
0: logical. See, that's a great point, too. We all expect dreams to be confusing. Mm hmm. But you don't want your reader to become so lost and confused that they're like, what the heck? And they put the book down and never want to pick it back up again. Right. So even though dreams aren't logical, they need to have some kind of logic, even if it's just to you, the writer, be- that, you know, you understand why and how you're doing it because you're going to tie it in somewhere. Don't leave your reader floundering and confused. I, I We watched a movie last night and it wasn't about dreams, but I we got to the end of the movie. And I turned to your dad and I'm like, does that mean this and this? And he's like, if you're having to ask, it probably wasn't a very good movie. Yeah. You don't want to do that to your reader.
1: Right. Yeah. You don't want it to be confusing. You want them to be able to follow and enjoy the journey that you're taking them on.
0: Yeah. I mean, they don't have to understand it right that point at that point, but you don't want them to put it down at that point. Yeah. And you do want to tie it in at some point. Right. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. So give it a narrative, you know, give it a story.
0: Yeah. Narrative. You can use the narrative to change the feel of the book and the dream sequence, because a lot of times dreams do feel different when we go to sleep and, you know, I dreamed I was on Mars. Well, of course, Mars is going to feel different than here. So you can use that narrative to change that feel.
1: Yeah definitely yeah um and also be consistent i think this is probably key in a lot of the episodes that we talk about is just be consistent with a lot of what you do in your novel so even if the dream needs to be absolutely chaotic and just ridiculous and so far outlandish for the purposes of your novel do it that's great um but make sure that you keep that chaos at a consistent level mm-hmm. so it's not all over the place and you know drags your reader up and down and to the sky and back and all that kind i of mean
0: stuff. there are like we said rules are made to be broken and there are yeah. times that you want your reader to feel uncomfortable. There are mm-hmm. there is a reason to make to put your reader th- through those things, that uncomfortable right. feeling. Just be aware that you're doing it and do it on purpose. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh the next thing is to create a shift in perspective, which I think is a pretty good tip. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can do this in a couple of different ways. So you can switch point of views, like from first to third person, for example, which honestly just sounds super strange to me. I don't think I'll ever switch from first person to third person in my novels. It just seems weird. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but it can create an out of body type of experience. So
0: I had come up with the same point, change the point of view. And I was thinking more from third person to first person. So. A dream can be much more intimate. So if your book is third person, your dream sequence going to first person might be doable. Right. I I agree going from first person to third person would be weird. Although if you're watching yourself, you know how in dreams, sometimes it's not you. Right. You know, you're watching yourself do these things.
1: Yeah. Like that out of body thing. That
0: would be a third person perspective, I think. Yeah. So you could change from first person to third person. But yeah, changing that point of view is is one way to work with dream sequences. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so place your character at a distance from dream events. So like you were saying, like your mm-hmm. your uh character is going to be, you know, not necessarily in the driver's seat. They might be sitting on the sidelines watching these events happen. Um also use sensory details like foggy sight, like I can't really see anything. I can't make out the mm-hmm. numbers on the uh, on my phone or something like that, um, and clouded hearing to kind of get a sense of surrealism for your character, and you can. Oh, absolutely that's a do good that. idea.
0: Yeah the the hearing like muffled,
1: mm-hmm. like
0: yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I think that's absolutely doable in a book. You mm-hmm. know, I think you see it most often in television and film where everything is blurry or like muffled, but you can. Also, describe it that way and get mm-hmm. that across. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, again, like that out of body experience is something that occurs a lot in dreams. So, the dreamer is watching their own actions as a spectator. Um, and that's, you know, those are a few ways to kind of get that out of body experience feel uh, mm-hmm. through writing. Mm-hmm. So, basically, your goal here is to create a shift in perspective that's like so drastic that it makes your uh, your readers feel like they're also dreaming. So like a mm-hmm. zoom out from the dream events kind of thing, like set your character loose on the inside and just like kind of watch what happens.
0: I'm I'm really curious. Our, our listener, Deanna is writing a book where she says she uses these dream sequences. I would love, I can't wait to read her books when she's published. I cannot Absolutely. wait. Same. Um, I, and I'm so curious to see how she works with these dream sequences and how I, I'm very excited about it.
1: Me too. No, I'm I'm thrilled. I mm-hmm. think she said that she would send them to us. I think she did. <laughs> she likes us.
0: Absolutely. Yay. Um, um, yeah, where, it was you were, your turn.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, another tip is just to be vague. I mentioned it earlier. Be vague. Be infuriatingly vague even. You know, withhold details. Use sentence fragments. Leave gaps and descriptions to let your reader fill it in because – you know, if it's their dream, their brain is filling in the, the, uh, those gaps. And, um, it's another way to just kind of take your character out of what's happening and your reader gets to kind of fill it in.
0: Yeah. That that's a great point. Um, readers imaginations are wonderful things. Mm -hmm. Um, but have you ever on that point of being vague, have you ever had one of those dreams where it's just out of sight? What you're trying to reach is just out of reach. You can't quite see the person's face and you're you're trying really hard to see it and you can't see it. Remember how frustrated you you felt in that dream? That's what you're trying to capture in this vague dream style that we're that she's talking about.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of monster dreams that way, where it's like, you can't quite see the monster, which makes it scarier. Yes. And like, way more terrifying, because I'm like, if I could just see it, it wouldn't be scary anymore. And it's like, but it's just out of sight. And I'm like, I can't see it. It's so scary. You know, that's
0: those horror movies. The best ones are the ones where you never see the monster. It's just that feeling of dread. Right. Because, you know, and, and, Technology is getting better and better. So I think that we are going to be at the point at some point where the monsters are terrifying when we do see them as well. But that, right. that unseen imagination is of our readers and watchers of movies and that kind of thing are just, you know, amazing. And I think your point of using sentence fragments is a great idea. Yeah, You know, we've talked about how to like in action scenes to use really short, choppy sentences. This is the right. same with the dream. You want your sentences that you're crafting to match whatever the feel is that you're going for in your dream sequence. So a vague one, you would want half formed thoughts and right, right. sentence fragments that you were talking about, you know, just, and if it's a detailed, elaborate dream, you might want detailed, elaborate sentences. It yeah. Just, think about your sentence structure for the scene that you're writing.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, On the flip side, though, you could do the opposite and go into a detail overload. So describe Mm -hmm. things in like a, a... very florid or grotesque fashion, you know, especially things that wouldn't normally be florid or grotesque Mm -hmm. um, have random surreal elements intrude into the central narrative of the dream and make sure these intrusions are as unpleasant as possible Mm because you you could want to make your reader very uneasy or uncomfortable with the things that are happening in this dream. Mm -hmm. And so not only does this, you know, over detailed style suit surreal imagery, but it can also make an even ordinary scene feel very, fevered and dreamlike.
0: Yeah. Something, you know, the cuddly teddy bear that is monstrous and can become very scary. And I've seen, I don't know, I can't place it now, but I remember seeing one where this cute little teddy bear is not cute and little. It's horrible and scary. Right. You know, we usually think of dreams as being overly bright and vivid, but a nightmare, you might be, it might be dark and wet and cold. Right. So, you know, think about, What are you trying to convey? What setting, what weather, what colors are most appropriate for what it is you're trying to get across? Right, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Also, I mean, exercise some restraint. Uh, Again, rules (laughs) Rules are meant to be broken uh, or at the very least bent. Um, But don't go too overboard with things. You know, think about what your audience and what might make them walk away from a novel Mm -hmm. um, and just avoid those things. You know, I think... uh, you know, we said be vague, but that can be really frustrating. And if Mm -hmm. done um, too vague or, you know, there's not enough detail to give your reader an image, then, you know, it's not going to be as interesting.
0: Remember that agents are looking for a reason to put your book down.
1: Right. Right. They're looking
0: for a reason to go on to the next book. Don't do that. Yeah. Be Very careful in writing these dreams. Be very intentional about everything you put in a book.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that
0: includes dream sequences.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, my next tip is to keep it short. Uh, and I think this goes along with, um, you know, using sentence fragments because, you know, it keeps the pace going. It keeps the pace alive. Mm-hmm. It goes for most types of scenes. You know, don't get too hung up on one scene specifically mm-hmm. here. We're talking about dreams for too long. Um, I think it can get boring to be pulled out of the world that we have been in for the entire novel
0: What was the movie Inception? Wasn't that whole Uh movie dream? It was all
1: about dreams. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if that's the point of your book, then of course. Right. Obviously. You know what? Everything we just said might not apply. Right. But generally it's a turnoff to have too many dream sequences. Right. Right.
1: And you I know, think the reason for that yeah. is just that it pulls out of the the main story. You know, mm-hmm. this is meant to be an interlude to get across some kind of information or some kind of emotional catharsis or something. Um, whatever its purpose is, is mm-hmm. to get that information across and then move on to the main story again, unless the main story is, like you said, dreams. Mm-hmm. But yeah, use, use images and emotions that have already been used in your novel to create a sense of familiarity in an otherwise unfamiliar piece in your novel. Um, so I think, you know, if... Um, you're used to seeing, well, especially in terms of symbolism. So if there are certain flowers that you always mention in the novel, then put those in the dream. And I think that could be really interesting.
0: I think that is a great idea. Yeah. Things that have been seen one way in the normal world can take on an entirely different meaning in the dream. And yet it's something your reader's already familiar with because they've seen it. Right. That's a great idea. That's very, very good. Also be wary not to have your dream reveal something that there's no way your character could have known. Right. You know, dreams are all about our subconscious, things that are there that we just didn't notice. Right. So, you can't have them, well, you can, but be aware of having your your character realize something that there's no way that they would have had this information unless it's right. one of those communication dreams that you're talking about. Right. And right. they're getting this information from a second person that, you know, or whatever, but don't reveal a realization that your character wouldn't be able to realize.
1: Right. Cause then that just becomes a plot hole. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, also be sure that the dream has an impact on your story. Yeah. You shouldn't have anything in there that doesn't move your plot forward or that you have some reason for. Right. Right. Um Like what if the dream is about your character's fear. So yep. what does that dream do to change your character's actions? Because the the point of the dream is to create some change. You wouldn't have it in there unless it was going to move your plot forward somehow. So okay, they had this dream about this fear. Did they did the dream then make them become so debilitated by that fear that they're unable to act when needed? Right, right. Or it does it prompt them to act, to prevent whatever that fear is from happening. Or if the dream is about goals and desires, um, do they change something in their actions to attain that goal that they dreamed about? Right. Or do they change their goal? Because in their dream, they saw it play out in a way that wasn't expected. And so all of a sudden they're like, that is really not my goal. My goal is really this. So it's going to change their actions. Um, for a really effective dream sequence, you might want to consider focusing on one feel, quote, feel,
1: right. Right. For the scene,
0: you know, the point of this dream, the point I'm trying to get across is happiness or dread or rejection or love. And then think about everything that you can, what symbolism, you know, like what you said, what have you already had in your, uh, that are our readers have already seen that you can use to get that point across what colors would be best, what setting, right. Weather? Yeah. All of those things are really important when you're, when you're doing dreams and then back to our journal that I was talking about the journal writing, which we did an episode on, you all should go listen to our episode (laughs) on, on journal writing, use your journal before you start to write because you can get yourself written into a corner
1: absolutely and that
0: is very frustrating so especially when it comes to something like dreams map it out first in your writer's journal answer the questions of you know why do I need this dream what is it representing for my character what is it going to do to move the, the story forward if you can't answer those questions then this may not be the point for a dream sequence
1: right yeah Um, I agree. I think those are all really important questions. Again, I think I I said it earlier, so now I'm just beating a dead horse, but, you know, always um, ask yourself why, why are you doing anything? Mm -hmm. Is it necessary for my plot? And
0: why is it necessary? And and just because it's cool is not necessarily reason enough. Right. Yeah. Um, Also, another thing that we hadn't really talked about is how, how do you want your dream to look on page, on the page? Right. Like, you know what I'm talking about? You probably not.
1: No, I, I do like how, like the spacing, like
0: how, yeah. Is it, and... is it going to look different in your, sto- in your book? Is it going to be italicized? I've seen, right. that. is it going to be bold and double spaced? Is it, you know, is this a heavy dream and you want the, the font to be thick and heavy? Right. Um, so think about how you want it to look on your page as well.
1: That's a really good point. And I actually didn't think about that that much. Um, I think I mostly see, uh, italics uh, I used too. for it, but Me it'd be too. really interesting to use, you know, like a, an extra short chapter or something to get across a dream.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that would be really neat. Um, well, and that is another thing to think about. How do you, how do you let your reader know this is a dream? Right. Because you can't just, well, you, you can, but be aware of writing it so that your reader is clued in that at some point, at least that, Oh, Oh, this is a dream.
1: Right. You Which know? I mean, could be as simple as, Oh, my character went to bed for the night, you know, like mm-hmm. something, you know, mm-hmm. the actions you get to portray it in actions, like they're asleep and now this weird thing is happening. So it must be a dream.
0: And if, if your character is one, I've seen movies uh where you can, you don't know when they're dreaming. You just know that some of this is real and some of this is not real but there's usually some clue so that the the reader or the watcher, like sometimes in movies, you'll see a different color tone to the movie. Right. right. Oh, they're dreaming because this is kind of bluish. Right. Exactly. Um, and you can't really do that with books as far as the visual color, but you can somehow you need to kind of clue your your reader in. Unless you don't, like we said, rules are made to be broken. Maybe your whole point is that you don't want them to know what's real and, and what's not real. Right. That sounds very confusing. <laughs> it, it does. But there have been some really good psychological thrillers mm-hmm. where we, the reader, think something is real and it turns out not to be real. But you also right. don't want it to be cliche.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because that has been done, you know, oh, it was all a dream. And then we're right, all like, exactly. I am never going to read this author again.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, because that's a way to dupe your reader. You yeah. know, like your, yeah. your reader is going to feel cheated. So, yeah. So all of this said, should we use dreams in novels? And I think absolutely if it's necessary for your story. I mm-hmm. think, you know, if you ask yourself all the questions of, is this important to move the plot forward? Like you said,
0: absolutely. Use them. I think they're great and it it may be a work in progress i started my kata story it was an actual dream that i had i i dreamed the sequence, the the beginning sequence and it and it was a dream sequence that i used so first i started it with a dream sequence and then it turned into a prologue right and then i cut it out completely because it wasn't what i needed to get that information across i didn't need right. it but it it helped me when I started writing to get that a point across, so don't be afraid to write the dream sequence because you can't always cut it out later. I ended up chopping that whole thing out; it wasn't important, right, to moving my plot forward into getting that information across, right? I got right. it across, but it did, it,
1: but it did help you, yeah. It
0: did. It's how that whole book got started.
1: Yeah, was yeah. with
0: that dream sequence of this girl having a dream and she didn't know why of this woman being murdered in front of her in a cave. And she, you know, she lives in our world in Atlanta. And so this was totally not, she couldn't figure out why she was having, and they were recurring nightmares.
1: Right. Right.
0: And so when I started it, I was, I started with the dream sequence and then that didn't work. And I thought, well, maybe it should be a prologue of the actual scene of this woman being killed. And I thought, you know, that's not the way I need to get this across. It's going to come out through the story. And so it does. I I worked it in through the story rather than in a prologue or a dream sequence.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: And I allude to her dreams. She has nightmares. Yeah. But I don't ever go into her dream where we see that night. Right. Like you don't actually describe the nightmare or show right. the nightmare or like anything like that. Yeah. We just know there's something because she doesn't remember them actually when she wakes up. She yeah. Does. And so that was actually a better way to move my plot forward. Right. Was right. Use a dream sequence. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So all rules can be broken. Keep yeah. your audience in mind, have fun with it, mm-hmm. do it up. You know, I think, um, I think dreams are super fun to write just because the rules can be broken, mm-hmm. uh, especially like everyday rules and we're already in urban fantasy. So imagine breaking your own rules that you've already made, you know, yeah. So yeah. I, think, I think that's fun. Um yeah. But that's all I have on dreams, other than my interview question. Okay. Uh what is your favorite reason to use a dream?
0: Gosh, I don't I don't know other than in Kata that I did use one. And my reason there was to get across the information that my character didn't know and wasn't going to know, maybe not even in the whole first book. Right. But it's important to the whole plot line of the story. And so that was why I was playing with that storyline, and using that dream sequence. But that was the only time I think that I've had a dream sequence. I like to read them. Yeah. I heard your cat over your headphones. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, he's he's being a brat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Have have you written?
1: You know, I don't think I have. Uh, I think I have in my very first book, which has now been like recycled and reused like three different ways, you know, like I've, I did it a long, long time ago. And I think I cut all of those out. Um, But I think if I did use one, I think I would really enjoy it for foreshadowing. I think I've said before on this podcast, that foreshadowing is one of my favorite things Mm -hmm. in the world. Um, I get a, I get a little kick out of putting foreshadowing in there. You know, it's like my own little inside joke or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's probably how I would really enjoy using dream sequences.
0: Now I do in my very first book, uh, the twin saga. Yeah. I use prophecies, but there were no, they weren't dreams. It was prophecies. So we'll have to yeah. do another topic at some point on prophecies, which can be given through dreams sometimes or yeah. can just be written prophecies that are out there. Right. Right. Uh, but I, that's the only other thing that I can think that I wrote that had Dreams. I don't think my uh, Earth Asunder had dreams.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. It's been a while since I read those of yours. Me
0: too. I need to go back and rework those. Yeah.
1: Oh Well, I also have a sentence challenge for folks who want to partake. Usually uh, the way that I do it is I write a full page using uh, a sentence that's given to me. um, Or I just write until it's, uh, you know, complete scene or story or whatever I'm trying Mm -hmm. to get across with it. Um so this week's sentence challenge is everyone dreams except the monsters. Ooh, I like
0: that one. Yeah, so good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um Yeah. So also just for our patrons that we have, Taylor has created that PowerPoint slide that uh the timeline. Oh, PowerPoint.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I created a uh a PowerPoint with some tips and tricks about how I do my PowerPoint timelines. Um, so I use PowerPoint timelines literally for every book. I think at this point, uh, just to keep track of how time passes within my novel. Um, you know, cause if Aiden is going to work, then it's not going to be on a Sunday, you know, it's going right. to be on a Tuesday or whatever. And so like, I'd like to keep track of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a really good way to do that. So it's, um, uh, just a, a bunch of PowerPoint slides, uh, with tips and tricks on how I do it.
0: And I actually posted it. I figured out how to do it. Oh, good. Posted it on our Patreon and it is only for our patrons. So uh, if you would like to see that, then come support us and then you'll have access to that kind of thing. We got some coloring pages I think I put on there too. Um, But thanks to Jen and Deanna. They are our patrons. We really appreciate their continuing support. Come visit us at www.eatdrinkrightpodcast.com. If you want to do these uh, sentence challenges, our email is there. Email them. That is the best way for us to get them. Both Jen and Deanna have done some, which is really exciting. But email them to us uh, because Deanna had mentioned she wasn't sure how to get those to us. So if you go to our website, you'll find our email there and you can email it that way. All of our social media is also there. You can come find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, Twitter, Pinterest, Pinterest, the the Twitter community is the most wonderful writing community. So for all of you out there, if you follow, if you do the hashtag writing community or writers community, there is a lot of very, very supportive people out there. Definitely. Yep. So thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time. Thanks guys.